Welcome to the Unofficial House of Wind Book Club, ran by two best friends and self-declared members of the Night Court. Today, we are discussing not a single chapter from A Court of Mist and Fury. Today, we are having our first book club meeting for season three to discuss one of our other favorite books, The Serpent and the Wings of Night. I know you can hear me from the dark. I know you're listening from afar. I thought that no one could fix me. Can't get hold of my feelings with you in my head. Libby, I have really good information to share, and I'm very excited. Can I go first? Yes, yes, you can. I have a new nephew. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. His name is Banks. Calling him Baby Banks or BB, which is cute because my nickname is B, like Aunt B. And then my other nephew, his nickname is B. So we've got Aunt B, BB, and B. Whew. Would you be mad if I called him Cash Money? No. Personally, the name to me is a choice. <laughs> a choice. <laughs> I love my sister and my brother-in-law, and I love the name Nash, which is my other nephew. But Banks is a uh, is an interesting one. And I told my sister, if she does not make her baby a bank robber mm. for his first Halloween, I will actually cry. That's freaking hilarious. Just saying. Baby Banks, the bank robber, is going to be my favorite costume. And he must be it every year until he is of age to be anything else. I love it. Listen, we got a new nephew. New one added, added to the group. I now am an aunt of three boys so there is still hope i will have the first girl fingers crossed i see it happening for you three nephews now oh my gosh i can't say two nephews now do you want to hear something funny though yes you know i don't think i travel that much okay for the normal person but then i realized i've been in different countries every time my siblings have had a baby really yeah at minimum different states huh i was in texas when my brother gave birth working you know they're a country all in themselves so fair Uh, they're trying i was in mexico when emily gave birth the first time wow and now i'm in italy when she gave birth the second time i said can you stop having babies when i'm not conus please (laughs) i'm very excited i will see him sometime this year when i go home to visit eventually i will see him before he turns one that's the goal yeah and i'm very excited because he is real chubby he's nine pounds and he got a smushy little face and little chubby cheeks and he's not allowed to lose them before I come to visit. And I'm really sad because I got to take Nash's newborn photos. Yeah. And I don't get to take Banks's. That makes my auntie heart real sad because like, I, I don't know. I think that's really important. And I couldn't take my other nephew, Brantley. Jesus Christ. Brantley, Banks, and Nash. Whew, that's a mouthful. Those are names. Those are, <laughs> those are names. <laughs> You're not wrong. I'm just very excited. It's a really cool thing. My sister birthed a whole human and grew him. And selfishly, there's still hope that I will have the first girl of the family. You got this. You got some good news or fun things from this week? You have been made aware. I've told you before, my husband and my child both sleep talk and sleepwalk. Yeah, it's terrifying, but yes. It's funny for the most part. They're very interesting when they sleep talk. My child typically just yells no at people or laughs (laughs) and not like in a creepy way. You're telling me that's not creepy? It's not in a creepy way way it's like she's clearly asleep something's cute it's like a cute little kid laugh not like a <laughs> like it's not one of those scary movie children lullabies i love your daughter i very much do but i still feel like i would think it's creepy it's cute all right i'd be scared for her one day your child will curl up in your bed and like laugh in their sleep and your heart will melt i will say get the fuck get out the fuck that's out. terrifying <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm sure she's super adorable Libby and I love her. So I think it would be creepy if she crawled into your bed and laughed. Then yes, then it <laughs> yes. would be creepy. <laughs> Could you imagine when I was visiting if she just came in and went, hello. <laughs> I think you would have punted my child. <laughs> I adore her, but she would have been gone. That would have been a no. My husband is a little more verbal in his sleep. He has a lot more to say. And my husband has a lot of conversations in his sleep. Like you can interact when he starts sleep talking. Like he will go back and forth with you. And it's really fun. And he was turning the fan off for some reason. Like not with the light switch, but like pulling on the chain. He woke up to do that. In his sleep? Yeah, because he sleep talks and walks. He does both. Oh, how fun. I was like, what are you doing? He was like, the thing, the two things. You told me about the two things and this is how I have to do the things. I was like, what? My guy. Saying it. Yeah, when it's not making sense, I'm like, a big red flag. I already know. I was like, you're sleeping. Go, like, lay back down. That's not, no. <laughs> night, night. And he was like, so you you don't like it? Like, I was like, no, lay down. Turn the fan back on and lay down. <laughs> and he was just so confused. And he did. He went back to sleep. But it reminded me of my absolute favorite sleep talking story of my husband. And I thought I'd share it on here. I think I've told it to you before, but I'm going to share it again because it's still my favorite. Please. When we were first married, we went down to visit his family and we were like 18 19 we were super young and his parents are my grandparents age they are older and so we brought our own like playstation and some video games because we knew there'd be a lot of downtime did they even have electricity yes god Sorry, you said they were old, so just double check it. Like, they're your parents' age, but, like, all of my family had babies really young when they should probably shouldn't have been having babies. So, like, what is grandparents to me is parents to most people, so... <laughs> I don't care. Like, you guys made your... You, no, I don't... Come at me. Whatever. I mean, your parents are old now. Your mom has gray hair. My mom's in her 40s. My mom's in her... Just, like, 51. Oh, okay. Never mind. Our parents yeah, are the same age. Never mind. His parents are in their 60s. Never mind. Oh, them's grandparents. Them's grandparents. My parents are also grandparents, and so are yours, but you know what I mean. But them's is, like, established. Yeah. So we brought our own video games, and Skylar fell asleep and was sleeping on the bed in the room we were in and I was playing Final Fantasy on the PlayStation and he just whimpered and like it was it was just not a noise he makes where he was like oh and I was like what's wrong like you good that is so not a your husband sound (laughs) no it's not something Skylar does and I was like you good and he was just like something about it's just really hard and I was like what's hard he was just like it's just not easy and I was like what what are you talking about and he's like it's just not easy being cheesy And then he just like went back to sleep. You've never told me this. And I cackled and it woke him up. I lost it. I was like crying. I would have been crying from laughing so hard. Oh, I was. I was hysterical. And it was so funny. Like I went out and I was like, nope, nope. Everyone in the house needs to know about this. And like I went and his parents were in the living room and I told them what he had said. He was like laughing like, oh my God. And they were absolutely hysterical. (laughs) It's just... So it's been a fun week. A lot of strolls down the memory lane of my husband and his sleep talking adventures. And that still takes the cake. That's still my favorite one. That makes me so ridiculously happy. There was one that I freaked him out with where he woke up and just like looked at me and smiled. And I was like, hi. And he was like, hi, I love you. And like he was sleep talking. And I was like, oh, I love you too. And he just smiled. And I was like, what's my name? (gasps) 
at your face. Yeah. That's evil. I wanted to make sure he was asleep. All right. I had to make sure he was talking to me in his sleep. And when I told him about it the next day, we were with some of his friends. And I was like, yeah, you told me you loved me in your sleep. And they were like, nice, man. Nice. Like, good work. Like, not being dumb. And then I was like, and then I asked you if you knew my name. And they all went, Oh, like all of them just audibly like, oh shit. <laughs> they all knew that was not the vibe. It got so quiet. Everyone was so scared. And Skylar was just like, what'd I say? And I was like, you said my name. He did. He said Libby. And I was like, okay, yeah. So it only got cuter, but <laughs> it Thank still God. was hilarious because it was just like this moment of like, every time I tell the story, everyone's like, oh God, what did he say? That was a good one. Oh man, there's so many good ones. Okay, this is my last one. I'm sorry. Our listeners will be like, what the fuck is your husband's deal in his sleep? <laughs> the last one, my sister, Samantha, is like seven years younger than me. And I almost said right. Yeah, right. As they are. I know that. That yeah, makes sense. When she was like 19 or 20, uh, we lived in the same town as them, I believe, 19 or 20. Anyway, I don't know. Sunshine, I've, I don't know. You tell me how old you really are. She existed. She was alive. And in age. I don't fall asleep before Skylar a lot of times. He usually falls asleep before me. So I was up scrolling on my phone and he was asleep and he like kind of like turned towards me and he like opened his eyes and I could tell like right away he was sleep walking and talking again. And he like got this look on his face where he put on this very fake smile like something was wrong, but he was going to keep smiling. And I like looked at him and was like, what is wrong with you? You. and he just like kind of like kept smiling and like was nodding his head like hey and he kind of like put his hand up like a small little hey wave I hate that and he grabbed the comforter and was holding it up to his chest like he didn't want me to see him rolled out of bed with the comforter and stepped backwards into our the master bathroom and like slammed the door and stayed in there and I was like Skylar, what, what is wrong with you? Yeah, I'm like, what the fuck? And he like opens the door and he kind of closes it. And then a minute later, he like opens it and he was like, oh, thank God. I was like, what is wrong with you? He had been sleepwalking and he had dreamt it was my sister in our bed. And he had freaked the fuck out and was like, why the fuck is she in our bed? And like was trying to be nice, but wanted to get the fuck out of there. Bless his heart. He was <laughs> trying to be nice. He was so scared. And he dipped out and I like cracked up and like I called my parents and my sister and we all were losing it. We thought it was the funniest thing. And he was like, it was not funny. It was terrifying and it was not okay. He's like the opposite <laughs> of funny. He met my sister when she was like 11. They are so buddy <sighs> buddy. And so to like dream all of a sudden to think that she's in your bed with you like it was like what the fuck like no <laughs> i love that so much i love that is hilarious it's been a week of like i said reliving the memories of my husband's funniest sleepwalks and talks i am here for it ma'am question of the week what are you reading besides obviously <laughs> this book besides serpent in the wings of the night and the court of mist and fury mm -hmm. so many books so I started reading Ruthless Vows, which is the second book to Divine Rivals. But I've got that on pause right now because at this point when we're recording, House of Flame and Shadow came out about a week ago and... It sure did. I'm at like 43% according to my nook. I am doing my best. It's been a busy week. I think you're a little farther than me. Really? But don't you worry, my friend. It will be finished within the next two days because I have nothing to do but sit and edit for 12 plus hours a day this week. So I have work. Yeah. Well, I mean, you cannot. Impending email. <laughs> you can just not. 
work. I imagine one day one of my coworkers might find this podcast and hear this and... Guys, she did work. It'd be really funny if like, I'm not, but if I like quit and they were like, you know, <laughs> I hear it now. It's tra- like, I'm not, but it'd be hilarious if they were able to kind of be like, this was the moment. This is when we knew. It was House of Flame and Shadow that did it. This is when she dipped. <laughs> she was a great worker until that. <laughs> I'm going to get an email telling me to get on a Zoom meeting to address my podcast that they still, I'm pretty sure, don't know about, which is fine. Okay, I know my coworkers read smutty books because they have all talked about how they read the Bridgerton series, and I know that those Uh-oh. books are spicy. So I'm over here, like, looking at my my supervisor, like, I know what you like. I know what you're reading. You, you think you're slick. Ma'am, don't even. <laughs> don't even know. Bridgerton, it may be a period piece spicy book. But it's not that far. It's, it's still, still spicy. a spicy book. Yeah. Just because I like mine with wings and mystical powers. All right. Same thing. Yeah. I'm also reading that same book. But our past star of the week, Jessica Wayne, wrote the book Rise of a Warrior. Yeah. You devoured that. This book is 475 pages. Did she eat and leave no crumbs when writing that book? Her story is fantastic. I very much devoured this entire book. The first book is called Rise of a Warrior by Jessica Wayne. She was our past star of the week, so you can go find her on our Instagram page or at, I think it's author Jessica Wayne, if I'm correct, on Instagram. But anyway, her next book, Fall of an Empire. This woman is a godsend, sent me this book to read because I loved her first one so much. And so now it's on my Kindle got the virtual one and it is very good. I am 75 pages in. The storyline is my favorite part of this book. I am used to our besties writing. So switching from besties writing after reading Court of Thrones and Roses, Throne of Glass, and all of the Crescent City books. It's like getting your sea legs. Yeah. yeah. You're kind of like, whoa. Every time I go from SJM to any other like author, I'm like, any, yeah. Oh, okay. So I personally, it's a me issue, not a Jessica issue. The writing style is very different than bestie, but it's a very easy read. Okay. That's the cool thing. It's something, like I said, I was able to finish in one day. Nice. I'm reading A Fall of an Empire and it's nice to be back with some characters I really liked and devoured in all of one day. But are you ready to talk about a great book, Libby? One of your favorite books, actually. Yeah, I am ready. Is it one of your favorites? It is definitely one of my favorites. Yeah? Yeah. Very captivating. Well, guys, this podcast episode is brought to you solely by supersummary.com. Libby and I put lots and lots of time and effort into this podcast. Mm. Y'all, but we do this out of the generosity of our little hearts. We really love this podcast. Our broke girl hearts. To be as frank as frankly possible, we make zero dollars off of this. We do not monetize the podcast at all because it's for the love of SJM and Bestie and not for the love of money. We make negative dollars off of this. We have spent money. We actually spent money. We lose about $12 a month. This podcast episode contains discussions and commentary on the series The Serpent and the Wings of Night by Carissa Broadbent in a summary written by supersummary.com. We believe that our use of copyrighted materials falls under the doctrine of fair use as we are providing transformative commentary, analysis, and discussion for educational and entertainment purposes. We respect the rights of the copyright owner and our use is in accordance with the principles of fair use under copyright law. Listeners are encouraged to obtain their own copy of The Serpent and the Wings of Night to fully enjoy 
and appreciate the work in its entirety. This is written completely by supersummary.com. Not us. Libby and I have put our souls into summarizing the Actar series. Not this one. This one is brought to you by supersummary.com. I cannot be more clear. We did not write this. And all rights go to supersummary.com. Please don't sue us. Thank you. We are not making money off of this. <laughs> not a single cent, my friends. Not a damn thing. Fear is a collection of physical responses, I told myself. Fear is accelerated heartbeats and rapid breaths and sweaty palms. Fear is a doorway to anger, and anger is a doorway to power. Hey guys, there's a huge content warning here. I'm not kidding. This is your content warning. The source material features depictions of self-harm, flashbacks of rape, emotional abuse, slavery, and references to sexual abuse. If any or all of those make you feel uncomfortable, y'all, we have two other episodes about Fourth Wing if you guys are really want to do like a, a book of the season. This one just might not be for you. More gentler book? Yeah. This one is a little much, but I know we've got some feisty friends out there that read some uh, Spicy Spice, and we wanted to have this book as an option. But like I said, if anything, fictions of self-harm, flashbacks of rape, emotional abuse, slavery, or references to sexual abuse bother you, please do not continue. Okay, this is your warning. You have three seconds to go. Three, two, one. Initially self-published and subsequently acquired and traditionally published by Bramble, a romantic imprint of Tor Books, The Serpent in the Wings of Night, 2022, is a new adult fantasy romance that serves as the first installment in Carissa Broadbent's Nightborn duet, which is one of three planned duologies within the Crowns of Nyaxia series. The TikTok phenomenon is also a Wall Street Journal bestseller. The novel follows the first-person perspective of 23-year-old Araya, who is the adopted human daughter of the Nightborn King, the ruler of the House of Night Vampires. Tired of her human weakness, Araya enters a once-in-a-century competition known as the Kajari for a chance at obtaining a wish from Nyaxia, the vampire goddess. However, her priorities and her desires shift when she falls in love with Rain, a contestant belonging to an enemy vampire clan. As a child, Oriah is found by the Hyaj Nightborn King, Vincent, in the ruins of Salone, a town decimated by Rishan's rebels. The two House of Night clans, the Rishan and the Hyaj vampires, battle for the territory. Seeing a piece of himself in her, Vincent adopts Oriah as his human daughter. He admires her initial distrust, but assures her that he is, in fact, the only person whom she can trust not to hurt her. As Oriah grows older, she begins to feel trapped and researches her human family. Vincent is unable to seek any surviving members because it would be an act of war to invade Rishan territory. However, he tells her if she wins the Centennial Kajari competition, she may petition the vampire goddess Nyaxia for enough power to conduct the research herself. At age 16, Araya meets a young vampire man who has recently been turned and falls in love. When she has sex for the first time with him, his passion turns to bloodlust and he feeds on her and almost kills her. As a punishment for disobeying his orders not to trust anyone but him, Vincent forces Araya to kill her first love. Afterward, to free herself from the nightmares of killing her lover, Araya begins to hunt vampires in the night. Six years later, 23-year-old Araya hunts vampires in the human districts. She decides to join the Kajari, a once-in-a-century competition in which the winner receives a wish from the vampire goddess Nyaxia. The competition is held in the House of Night's capital city of Sivernage. Araya plans to pledge as a contestant and trade her wish for enough power to safely venture into Rishon territory and locate her remaining human family members. When the Kajari begins, Araya finds herself in the Moon Palace, the official starting point of the Kajari. Throughout the next four months, Araya goes through five trials alongside other contestants. The Full Moon Trial, the Waning Moon Trial, the Half Moon Trial, the Crescent Trial, and the New Moon Trial. Throughout the trial, 
Araya meets with Vincent in secret, but he becomes increasingly distracted with issues occurring outside the competition. He does not reveal the nature of his troubles to Araya, but she suspects that it involves his enemies, the Rishan, also known as the House of Blood Vampires. During the full moon trial, she must battle humanoid demons to the death, yet acquires fatal injuries that require her to form an alliance sharing living quarters with two vampire contestants, Misha and Rain Ashraj. The alliance protects her from the wrath of Angelica, the silver-haired leader of the Bloodborne contestants, among others. At first, Araya refuses to trust Rain enough to work with him and Misha in training for the half moon trial, which requires teamwork to survive. Her fear of him causes her dormant magical powers to lash out. Misha attempts to help her gain control over this power. In the weeks between the full moon and the waning moon trials, Araya briefly meets the Prince of the House of Blood, Septimus, who seems to be betting on the fates of several contestants. The waning moon trial consists of a labyrinth from which Araya must escape without being killed by the other contestants. However, when she discovers that humans are also trapped inside, her anger at the presence of human children in the arena creates the first rift between her and Vincent. To atone for the humans who died at the hands of the vampire contestants, Araya begins vampire hunting again. Rain catches her in the act and offers to join her efforts as a method of training together for the next trial. Misha is severely injured in an attack on the Moon Palace and is withdrawn from the competition. Rain, among with other Rishan and Bloodborne contestants, is taken in for questioning by Jasmine prior to the Half Moon trial, as Vincent is convinced of the faction's guilt but is returned in poor shape. Vincent's disregard of the promise he makes to Araya to not harm Harm Rain widens the rift in their relationship. Rain gives Araya the choice to abandon their alliance before the Half Moon trial the following day, but her growing feelings for him lead her to stay. The Half Moon trial is designed to forge a connection between the minds and bodies of allied contestants. While other alliances are unable to function with the added weight of additional minds in their heads, Rain and Araya's recent training allows them to adjust with ease as they battle the demons prowling the arena. During the battle, Araya's dormant power of Nightfire finally manifests, burning the surrounding vampires and demons. In the aftermath of the Half Moon Trial, Araya and Rain continue their alliance and the thought of killing Rain in the trials becomes impossible for Araya to fathom. Leading up to the Crescent Trial, the vampires are deprived of blood. The Crescent Trial weaponizes the vampires' bloodlust by setting them loose in the forest to feed off poisoned animals. Araya prevents Rain from succumbing to the same fate by feeding him her blood to satiate his hunger and keep him alive. The vampire venom heightens her natural attraction to him. In order to complete the Crescent Moon trial, they must traverse through burning fog to get to the ending gate. On the journey, they discover the remains of Salone, Araya's hometown within Rishon territory, to which Vincent has laid waste in an act of war. At the end of the trial, four contestants remain. Ibrahim, Angelica, Rain, and Araya. When the final trial, the New Moon trial, is moved up to the following day, Araya and Rain give in to their mutual attraction and have sex. They promise to fight to the end of the Kajari, no matter whose blood they need to spill. He also reveals the tragic story of how he was turned and enslaved to his enslaver for years. What he doesn't yet reveal is that his enslaver was the former Rishon king, Neculi, whom Vincent killed and whose throne Vincent usurped. Upon Neculi's death, the Rishon heir mark appeared on Rain's body, Unwilling to shoulder that responsibility and claim the throne, Rain burned the mark away, leaving only an unrecognizable scar on his back where the mark used to be. The New Moon Trial traps each of the contestants in a room with the impersonations of the three gods. After battling her own, Oriya is released into a coliseum of spectators, where she battles both Ibrahim and Angelica to the death. Ibrahim falls easily, but Angelica only falls because Rain makes a deal with Septimus, unbeknownst to Oriya. In the terms of this deal, if Septimus 
Agnes orders Angelica to spare Oriah's life, Rain will ally with the House of Blood, should he manage to usurp Vincent's throne. Angelica deliberately hesitates, giving Oriah the opportunity to end her life. As the final remaining contestants, Rain and Oriah battle one another, keeping their promises to fight to the end. Although Oriah hesitates to kill him, Rain helps her thrust the blade deep in his own heart sacrificing himself so that she can win the Kajari and receive her wish. The grief following Rain's death is too much for Araya to bear, and she gives up on her wish in exchange for his life, asking Nyaxia to alter the current reality into one in which he wins the Kajari. A newly revived Rain appears, agonized, as Nyaxia asks him to state his wish. Araya reels in betrayal as his concealed air mark is revealed, and he asks Nyaxia for the power of the Rishan Nightborn King to be restored to him as heir to the Rishan line. His first act of power is to kill Vincent and to usurp the throne. However, following Vincent's death, an air mark appears on Araya's body, revealing her as Vincent's biological daughter, desperate to keep her alive among the vampires who now want her dead because of the threat she poses. Rain forces her to marry him for protection. Jasmine visits in secret, conveying her willingness to use the House of Night forces to free Araya from Rain's clutches. Araya instructs her to go into hiding while she stays at the court, gathering intel that might prove useful for claiming the throne. The novel ends with Rain and Araya attending the first gathering of nobles in the Nightborn Castle's throne room. They're surrounded by covert enemies, including Septimus, who offers his friendship to Araya on behalf of the House of Blood. The precarious state of Rain's rule hangs in the balance, setting up the conflict for the sequel. Hey, Libby, our star of the week, uh, shockingly, is supersummary.com. Y'all, we pay for our subscription to supersummary.com and want to thank them for being their wonderful selves and helping us be able to tell you a little about the book because Lord knows we cannot summarize an entire book. There's not enough sleep in the world. No, I would cry. <laughs> Calling all dreamers. We want to hear from you. Send us an email to a court of thorns and podcasts. That's her name. I don't know. Like my brain just was like, what? Send an email to a court of thorns and podcasts at gmail.com and tell us everything. Tell us if you guys have sleep talking spouses or new baby nephews and nieces. What books are you guys reading right now? We want to know everything. Are there any babies that listen to the podcast? Because I think that'd be really cute. Like if you have kids that, I mean, don't. I hope they're not old enough to listen to the podcast, but like... I curse like a sailor. <laughs> I take that back. I say a lot of bad words. I'm so sorry. I mean, are there any babies that aren't able to speak words or understand things that listen? Because that'd be cute. My child can speak words and she knows that there are words that are only for mommies and daddies. Okay, well, what if we're not mommies or daddies? Look, Abigail. I'm not one of those. Part of the no baby club. Generally understands that it just means as long as you're an adult, you can say things that kids her age can't say. Fine, that makes more sense. Her aunt Sam isn't a mommy and she knows Aunt Sam can say the bad words that she can't, so. Okay, I'll give you that. Fair enough. So, moving on, if you like us at all, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or a rating on Spotify to help us find more of our bookish friends. To the people who listen and the dreams that are answered, we will see you next week. And remember, don't let the hard days win. Especially this one, when we had to fucking read the, all the names on this book. From the dark, it's a man from the fight. It's me taking all my feelings, you in my head, you in my heart. I'm never in the dark. Libby, do you know when this episode comes out? Mm-hmm. It comes out. Yep, it comes out. No. Damn it.